Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tabin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube's videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Raindrops on snowflakes and white wool and mittens. <clears throat> is that even a Christmas song? I don't know. Uh, welcome to the Tabin Dillard Podcast, y'all guys. Season 1, Episode 13. My name's Tabin Dillard. That's me. I'm Olans. I live in Chancellor Park. There's a podcast, like a radio show, best I can tell, so it's all about your ears, what you what you hear and listen to. I don't know what you're looking at. I do not know what you see right now because this ain't a video where I'm giving you a video uh, to look at with uh, pictures and stuff like that. So you got to put the pictures together in your own head. Uh, so you may be on a road trip looking out the window right now, or you may be on a walk or a jog, or you might be underneath the shed trying to figure out what that noise has been uh, under there. And is it like a, a family of a possum, a bunch of babies down there, an impossum kind of thing? Or maybe you uh, in the kitchen, or maybe you clean in the house. Or, I mean, I, I could spend uh, episode 13 talking about where you could be, but you already know the answer to that. So I'm instead of speculating like I'm doing, I'm just going to say... Uh, Thanks for listening, because that's what you do with a podcast. It's for them ears. Merry Christmas season, y'all. I want to do the final episode of the season, so I keep adding on here. There's 14 episodes planned in this season. This is episode 13, so quick mask going to tell you, uh, they, they only two episodes left today and then next Tuesday. But then next Wednesday, the 22nd, I'm doing a one-hour, a very special Christmas podcast episode. So the way you look at that is the next week, they're going to be two episodes instead of one. But then the next week, it's still uh, one more Tuesday left in December's in 2021 like we are in right now. So I uh, on that day, on that podcast, what I'm thinking and I'm giving everybody enough notice is do a Q&A, which is question and answer. Like you email me questions and I answer them. Or depending on the questions, I figure out if I, I need to answer all them questions or if I need to bring in Joel Berry, who's kind of like my manager at Sweet Tea Films, to help answer the questions if they technical questions that don't, don't got nothing to do with my my life in 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 my town. But anyways, if you want to ask a question, send it send it to the email here, tabandillard at gmail.com. I'll put that in the show notes. So if if you are, you know, underneath that shed trying to find that family of possums with all them babies that that mama possum had. Uh, you ain't got time to write down tabandiller at gmail.com or send me a you know email right now. So just check the show notes later when you're thinking about it. And just put like podcast, Q&A, questions and answers, in a subject line of that email. Send it over you know, to me. Send them questions over. Uh, you can email questions there for that December 28th episode, last episode of the year. I figure we might as well keep going, fill up the, the week's with an episode, so it's like, well, the, se- the, the season one would be kind of over, but let's just let's just uh, wrap it up with a Q&A, and I don't know if, if there's going to be any cues, any questions, and if there ain't, then uh, we'll figure out what, what I'm going to talk about on the 28th later. Last show of the year is going to be that day, and season two is going to kick off the next week after that, you know, in the 2022. So if you're just joining us for the first time, I got to know, where in the world have you been? What you been doing? Now, I ain't saying you ain't been busy. 
I ain't saying, oh, you got no reason to just just now be joining. I ain't saying that. I'm just curious. I'm just curious where you have been. I'm not saying you got bad reasons to be where you've been kind of thing. I do. I would say go back, though, listen to them previous episodes because we deep into this softball season right now, and I'd love for you to know how we got here. This week was the first week of the playoffs for Team Burger Shed. That's the team I play on. I love the Burger Shed. Bud's Burger Shed in town has been around since 1976. It's when he started that uh, restaurant, uh, you know, fast food burger joint in town. And um, that's the that's the uniforms we wear is Burger Shed. So we Team Burger Shed. In fact, put put the link in the show notes if you want a Team Burger Shed 2021 shirt Snatch them up. I don't know that we need to keep making them after 2021. I don't know how that worked, but we had a good season, and it ain't over yet. So, anyways, we ain't always been called Team Burger Shed this year, no. Though, you know, it's it's been, uh, well, there's a time that we was chest naked, no uniforms, no team name. Imagine that. We look like a sorry group of adult softball leaguers. I'll tell you that right now. We come a long way this season. And why do I care about the first round of the playoffs that are coming up? That because we just because we made it, so we didn't know the schedule for sure. They said you had to come down to the fields, and they post the playoff schedule on the side of the concession stand, and they post it on the interwebs too. So our games all season have been on Thursday nights, and this week down at playoffs started, and you know it's just kind of a different mood in the air, and the schedule is a little different. So this week we did not play on Thursday nights. We all go down there Thursday night, and we in our uniforms, and we read that little list on the concessions, and it say we don't play till Fridays. So that's what we did is is kind of relax and truth be told, just being down there on a game night and still have one night before you got to play. And you, you just kind of got hobnob and rub elbows with the town folk that you know. But, uh, you know, when you at the field's going to play, you steady locked in. You ain't there to chit-chat catch up with folks. But I was able to shoot the breeze with folks tonight. I seen Cheryl Grubbs down there. She actually got stuck in a bike rack down at Rickard's Grocery Store here in the last year or so. I'm not saying that's what she's known for, but I'm saying that happened. And I do say that does come up a lot when people mention Cheryl Grubb's name. Good reason, too. I don't know anybody else ever that got stuck in a bike rack. But the thing about it was nobody could figure out how she got stuck. Fire department, police department, I mean, they they can only go off what Cheryl said, and she wouldn't say much. You know, I don't blame her, though. If you're a full-grown adult and you get stuck in a bike rack in front of a grocery store, that's embarrassing. So embarrassing. Not to mention, Cheryl ain't got a bike. So it ain't like she was over there locking up her bike and got all tangled in that away. You ever seen them curly metal games you get from Gatlinburg somewhere? You kind of clink, 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 clink them together where you try to unlink them things. But the more you try, the more frustrating it gets. That's how I imagine it was for Cheryl in that bike rack. They had to cut that thing. Now you can still kind of attach a bike to it, but it ain't the same. I imagine Kevin Rickert sent her to Bill. It probably should have. I mean, if she wouldn't got stuck, they wouldn't have had to cut that bike rack. He and his brother, D. Wayne, run Rickard's Grocery Store. It's a family-operated grocery store in town. Anyhow, Cheryl was down there along with all kind of folks from town at the softball fields. It was kind of like a carnival atmosphere. I mean, they didn't have no cotton candy and rides, but if Mary Beth Tucker heard me say that, she should try to get some cotton candy in that concession stand, I bet. She tried everything else, seems like, this season. I, couldn't, I, I, I wouldn't put it past her to try to get some cotton candy in there. And maybe even try to figure out how to figure out do some sort of a ride. Maybe nothing big, but she do work at the veterinary. I could see her bringing pony ride down there or something like that. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Stick to the basics, Mary Beth. 
snow cones, hot dogs, Skittles. It ain't rocket scientists, you know. But there are, there was some business we did have to handle at the fields Thursday, even though we wasn't playing. Like we need to figure out what time do we play on Friday? Who are we going to play on Friday? And this is what you really want to know, you know. How did our first playoff game go? That you know, land the plane, Tavin. How did the game go once you got to Fridays? Well, here's the deal. We was anticipating this game. I ain't going to speak for everybody. I sure was anticipating it. It's different going to bed on Thursday night thinking about the game on Friday. It just was. I'm going to be honest with you. Some butterflies in the tummy and all that kind of thing. And we was set to play Bickham's All-You-Can-Eat Catfish Buffet. They big boys. And you probably want to know how we matched up. Well, on paper, not great. They only lost two games all season, so we was better at losing than they was. But we knew we just had to play our game. Folks say that all the time. Do you know what that means? Me neither. I mean, I guess it means, hey, you know how to play. Go do that. So that's what we did. So we go three up, three down in the top of the first inning. Then it's the bottom of the first, and we on the field. Defense, you know. Bickham's is up to bat. JT Whitlow, he playing second base for us, and they hit a grounder right at him. It was almost too good. You know, like he probably would have fielded it better. If he had to range a little bit to the left or to the right one way or another, but that thing came right at him, and it just ate him up. He got that glove down, but I don't think that ball ever even hit his glove. It must have hit like a pebble or something. We got a gravelly infield. They ain't like big rocks, but they them little tiny ones, and they will cause some trouble. Them first two weeks of the season when we didn't have no uniforms yet, and I still in bases head first chest naked, I felt every pebble out there on that infield. So that ball bounced right before JT's glove hit his forearm. And that thing just kept speeding up his arm onto his neck, hit him right under the chin. You ever been hit in the face and still had to do something? Usually all your friends are around, so you're trying to keep it together, but you ain't sure where to go or what noise is appropriate to make. Well, JT still had to find that ball and at least act like he was going to finish out that play. So he kept the ball in front of him thanks to his chin, and then he just picked it up and held on to it. And they had a runner on first. But it wasn't just JT. I ain't going to put it all on him. Next batter line to scream at the Rusty Tidwell, who is Mr. Reliable over there at third base. That thing went in and out of his glove. The runner on first waited to see if Rusty's going to catch it. Once he didn't catch it, that fella tore it out towards second base. Rusty could have got him easy, but JT wasn't on the bag. So Rusty just fired it over to Mort Dwightell at first base, but it just sailed way over Mort's head. And that was that. Two batters into our first playoff game, and there ain't no outs, and the runner's on first and second. Their third batter goes up there, and he grounds it to Mort at first. Well, Mort shuffles that ball to nobody at first. Nobody covered first. Cody Briggs, he's pitching, and he's supposed to cover it, but he did not. So did Mort jump on a softball like it's a grenade, and he roll over, and he tapped that bag with his foot? Now, I don't know about your town and your adult softball league, but we ain't got no instant replay where we is. So quite a few folks, though, in the stands was saying Mort got that fella out. Like his little toe touched that bag when he's rolling on the ground and hugging that softball before that other fella, you know, hit first base. But he's called safe and the bases was loaded. That's how that worked out for us, which didn't work out too well. You know, you do the math on that. Bases loaded? Come on. The next one was a no-doubter. Fly ball to center field. Brody Childers caught it. But that runner on third tagged up. Now we down one to nothing. First inning of the playoffs, one out. Oh, man. Next fella, he hit a single. 
and they moved station to station. Bases loaded again, and then they got two doubles in a row that scored three more runs, and by the end of the first inning, we was losing 4 nothing. I mean, I know that's a lot of math. Three, two, double, hit, catch, out, single. All you need to know, they got four runs, we got none. And we feel like we just got punched in the mouth, and we barely started this game. I mean, for all that anticipating, we sure was off to a rough start. Such a rough start. But then something came over me. I had to stop in my head. You know, I thought, that's just one inning. You know how thoughts are like they in your head, nobody can hear them. You know, nobody can see them. They can't read your mind kind of thing. And that's what it was, is in my head. I just thought that. Nothing came out of my mouth. I'm just thinking in my head, hey, that's just one inning. And then I get back to the dugout, and I see the fellas, and they dejected. And it's tough being in a 4-0 hole against the big boys from Bickham's All You Can Eat Catfish Buffet. And I think some of the most memorable speeches in history, if you think about it, they ain't that long. You know Winston Churchill gave like a graduation address not too long before he died. He made it up to the podium, and he just said to them graduates, Never, never give up. That's four words, if, I, if my math's right. That's it. And I bet they didn't forget it because it's an easy speech to remember. So I ain't saying I was no Winston in the dugout, but in my mind I was thinking, that's just one inning. That's what I was thinking. That's what's running through my head. That was just one inning. So I hollered, one inning. And everybody turned because I hollered like I was mad, but I wasn't mad so much as I was determined and resolved in my core, you might say. Like I made a New Year's resolution right then and there, except there wasn't no New Year. It was just the first inning of our first and maybe only playoff game. So everybody now, they looking at me, and I saw so I just say it again. One inning. Myron Curtis shrugs like he don't get it. That's when I think maybe this speech is making more sense in my head than it is in real life. Because now that it's coming out my mouth and I'm looking at the reactions of my buddies on my team, this ain't landing like some, you know, Winston Churchill graduation speech. So I say again, it's just one inning. We only played one inning. Heads start to nod. Now I feel like I don't need to explain it. You know, because now they seem to be getting it. Like, hey, there's a lot of ball game left ahead of us. So I point at the whole team. Are y'all done? That's what I say to them. I say, are y'all done? Fellas is shaking their heads no, like we ain't done. So then, you know, you kind of hear that music, like that chariot's fire music in the background kind of thing. And so then I go one at a time. I mean, I look at every teammate in the eye one at a time and point right at their chest. And I say, one inning to Myron Curtis. One inning to Mort Dwidell. One inning to Rance Farnhart. One inning to Cody Briggs. One inning to Russell Tucker. One inning to J.T. Whitlow. And I say, one inning to Rusty Tidwell. One inning. Then all of a sudden, Rusty shouts it back. And Rusty don't typically shout. Rusty's good at everything he does. So his actions speak louder than words. But right now, his words were speaking louder than words. And something about Rusty getting worked up got everybody else worked up and our whole team dugout was shouting one inning and for a second I wondered if that didn't make sense at all you know to all them other fans and the other team you know Bickham's you know like like if it sounded weird just to be shouting one inning yeah I started wondering about that getting kind of self-conscious then I realized it wasn't for them it was for team burger shed we got it and that was all that mattered so here we go I'm up first in the second inning. I don't waste time. I swing away, make a little contact, soft single. Got on first base. Easy like that. And I don't stay on first long. If you know nothing about me, I, I steal a base every chance I get. I mean, I will steal a base when my team ain't even batting if I could. I'm a thief on them base pass. 
But Myron Curtis, he right behind me, and truth be told, we all a little pumped, so nobody's waiting. Myron swings that thing, and he lines one to center field on a bounce. Runners on first and second. That's me on second. That's Myron on first. J.T. Whitlow's batting next. He had a ball outside but decided to take a swing and popped it straight up. Now, I don't know what me and Myron were thinking, but we ran. And J.T. ran. And that ball went so high, it went so high in the air like a bottle rocket with a real strong fuse and it goes so high up in the air where you ain't sure if it's going to come back down or not. But you know it's got to come down because of gravity and it do. But JT, he just keep running. He said later he couldn't control that ball, but he could control his legs. So he kept running. And JT's yelling at Myron in front of him, go, 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 go. You know, I'm way ahead because I was on second base and I just tore it out. We was booking it. And that fella on Bickham's dropped the ball. You can either run it out or be a spectator. JT Whitlow ran it out. We got two runs. And that's ended up, that, then we kind of fizzled the second inning. Uh, that's, how the, that's how it ended for us. It was just 4-2 by the end of the inning, but we had the momentum. Felt like more runs than that because we seemed to be, things seemed to be swinging our direction kind of thing. Then came the fourth inning, okay? Rusty Tidwell makes soft contact, which is rare for him because he usually hit it pretty hard. But he blooped it into right field for a single. He's on face, on first base. Mort Dwydell is up next. Mort hits dingers or nothing. He hits it out, or he will most likely get thrown out at first, no matter where he hits it in the park. Put it to you this way. Mort only has very long singles or home runs. Once he makes it to first and it ain't a homer trot, he's done. He's camped out right there. From that point on, he's base to base. So he's up with Rusty Tidwell on first, and Mort makes serious contact. Serious. That thing went way out in the parking lot. Chet Dilroy's nephew, Tony Wayne, he's out there in the parking lot. He had a four-wheeler accident recently where he got a rib out of place. He reached out to get that ball, and he had a rib go out again. And he's laid out in the parking lot. His arm stretched out. His little fingertips are trying to reach out for that ball still. Can't quite reach it. Cromwell boy, he's maybe six-year-old, come up, snatch that souvenir. They sent out a medic for Tony Wayne. He's going to be okay. And the league collects some softball, so that six-year-old had to give it back. But he got to trade it in for a snow cone. That's how that works. Anyways, that two-run shot by Mort brings us even at 4-4. Looky there, won't you? So let me take you to the last inning. Because here's the deal. After the first inning, we was down and out and dejected and down four runs and just, you know, a little backwards. And I ain't going to take credit, but I, something got into me. I gave a little speech. Anyhow, the team got after it. Last inning, I drop in one of my patented soft singles. I'm on first. We still tied 4-4. I'm hungry for a steal. That pitcher lets it go, and I'm off to the races. Head first, Pete Rose slide into second, no throw. Safe. The pitch was a strike on Myron Curtis. Now they pitching again to Myron, and I'm off. Head first, Pete Rose. This time they throw late, and now I'm standing on third with no outs. Well, just when Myron is about to get pitch number three, it's like a, I don't know if it was like a swarm of gnats. I didn't see nothing. Maybe got a hair in his mouth. You know how just something happened to you, but if you ain't right there, you don't see it, so it looks like the person's crazy, like they swatting at stuff that nobody else can see. And, I, and he's like spitting. I don't know what got in Myron's mouth. And then he take a swing if that, at that hair or them gnats or whatever it is. And he hit the ball because the ball's heading toward the plate while Myron's having his little fit up there. And it's a dribbler down the first baseline. So Myron's got the whole bench hollering at him. Get down there. Run, Myron, run. And he's off. So there's Myron lumbering down the first baseline. And as he starts lumbering out of way, 
I start heading home from third. The first baseman picks up that ball, and he see me running home, and he can't get it past Myron. Myron carries some girth with him, and he's in the middle of the base path where he belongs, just bearing down on first base. The first baseman's throw lands right in Myron's gut, and his tummy kind of catch it like a mitt would do, you know, kind of thing, and it fall to the ground. I slide across home plate. Safe. Now, we ain't the home team, so Bickham's had the last at bat, and I guess they's feeling in the last inning how we was feeling in the first inning. Just down and out and dejected. Well, they didn't snap out of it. They swung for the fences three times, and they got three pop flyouts, and that my friends, means Bud's Burger Shed is going to the second round of the playoffs. There's some fireworks in the trailer park this weekend. And we got some meaningful games on our hands now. That's what they call them now, you know, when you get to play. Now, these are meaningful games. Like, the main, like you basically do or die. Like, you're you going to keep going toward the championship, or are you out of there and see you next season kind of thing. So we we in another round. It's exciting. It comes at a tough time where there are goodies and candies. And, you know, I'm volunteering at the nursing home in the fall here. And they got snacks and parties, seems like, every other day down there. And so I got, you know, we in the middle of, you know, we got to be in elite playing adult softball league condition, which is not like elite condition. It's elite adult softball playing condition, but you know you got to back off on them little on them turtles, uh, the divinity, uh, you know them just chocolate chip cookies. So I got to be stretching out, um, eating right or eating uh, mediocrely respectable, I guess is how we gonna put it. But we got another game next week, and I'm excited, you know. And I don't know who we playing yet, but you know after tonight we feel like we beat everybody. You know, bring it on kind of thing. So that's what I got going on this week. We heading in. I mean, we we deep into the Christmas season now. You know, it's kicked off. Uh, and I just uh, want you to check out a couple things in the show notes today. One is Wag Bar. Uh, I mentioned them early on in the, in the podcast season. Premium Wagyu beef. Those fellas got good products. Teriyaki, peppered, original, hot and spicy flavors and it's not beef jerky you can't even call it that i mean it's thick beef and protein wagyu beef it's a wag bar check the link you'll see a code there for a discount off your order if you want to do that if you need any burger shed gear that's going to be in the show notes today you need to get a gift for somebody i do personal greetings folks buy those too so all that's in the show notes and again if you want to ask a question for the december 28th q and a episode Email me, tabindiller at gmail.com. I can't remember that, Tabin. Well, it's in the show notes, too. And you can also text me. You see my phone number in the, in the show notes. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things. You get off your run or get out from underneath that shed and find out it ain't the possums. Maybe it's skunks. And, boy, you sorely regret crawling under there now. You ain't got time, you know, to, to, to remember all this information. That's why the show notes are there. So they got the wag bar link for you, the merchandise link for you, personal greetings link for you, my phone number, my email for the Q&A episode. And just put Q&A uh, episode or whatever, Q&A podcast, something like that in the subject line. So you know, I know that that's what it's for and we can get those answered on that podcast. I sure appreciate you tuning into my podcast. You didn't have to. You got plenty to do. You out running around doing your thing, now taking a tomato soup bath if those were really skunks underneath that shed. So I know you got other things to do, so I appreciate you tuning in. You can rate this thing wherever you rate podcasts. It means a lot, uh, the comments and everything. 
I may see you on the YouTubes or the TikToks or the Instagrams too. Appreciate y'all. Have a good one. We'll holler at you soon. We'll see you later.